0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Cotton Yarns. Got another special guest here with me today, James Quinn, CSD's General Manager for Growth and Development. Quinny, how you going, mate? Good, thanks,
1: Angus. Thanks for having me on.
0: No, anytime. It's my pleasure, mate. And we're going to have a chat about the uh, the next big thing in the cotton industry, mate, Extendflex Cotton. It's here.
1: Yeah, Angus, I'm pretty excited about some of the new varieties that we do have on, you know, on offer or candidate lines at least anyway which i think are going to well not only see a yield improvement but also see the way we manage the crop a little bit better in regards to disease especially be a real benefit
0: for growers mate 100 percent. it's um yeah it's gonna. these varieties are going to you know provide a real benefit to these growers mate but before we get into the nitty-gritty of it mate do you just want to sort of give yourself a bit of an introduction i'm sure a lot of those listening would have heard of you or or, or met you and know a lot about you mate but for those who don't do you just want to introduce yourself
1: yeah as you pointed out there before james Quinn, general manager growth and development csd i've been with csd now 18 years firstly as an extension development agronomist um, and then now as the general manager my portfolio looks after uh, quite a varied uh, group of tasks looking after our farming interests our seed increase program our extension program our communications and also our research program so a very very portfolio which is um quite interesting and keeps my days
0: pretty full yeah I was going to say I'd keep you on your toes mate so we're going to focus on these extend flex varieties like you said mate and we've got a pretty these lines coming through that we've been trialing for a number of years now um, all across the our variety trial network mate and we've got a pretty good package of varieties here I reckon we'll kick off, mate, we'll just run through, you know, some of the varieties. Um, they're under experimental name, but in the coming seasons, of course, they'll um, they'll be given a, a proper variety name, you know, similar to the, to the varieties we've got now. But do we want to start off with, let's look at, so, CSX 1049. Do you just want to run us through that line?
1: Yeah, so these are our candidate lines. We haven't really made the final decision in regards to, what will become a variety in, into the future. But these are the ones that so far are showing great promise. So the CSX1049 is its new germplasm. So it's uh, come through the, the conventional breeding program and then across the normal leaf, normal density. So what we've seen um, this season especially is that it really jumped out of the ground compared to some of the others um, and really got away to a great start. Where I see this one fitting, though, Angus, is in dryland. Surprisingly, it's a bit of a more determinate variety, which is not really suited for what you'd say a traditional dryland variety. Yep. But its yield performance is just um, extraordinary in, in dryland, and we're seeing that not only in the work that the CSIRO uh, have shown us, but also in our own trials, as you were saying there before. Because of its determinate habit too, I think it does have an opportunity in the southern environment. Yep. But also, conversely, the shorter seasonal, the more determinate varieties are more likely to have a, a, a fit in in the northern environment as well. So, yeah, a real bit of a, a generalist variety where we can work at both ends of the, of the industry but also in the dryland as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I had it in my variety trial here, my dryland trial at Taluna and, and it performed really, really well, and those results are on the website. But, mate, um, you mentioned new germplasm there. So a lot of peop- people, that might be a big word to a lot of people, mate. Do you just want to, I guess, step us through what that means by new germplasm?
1: Yeah, so, you know, people might know that the, the the varieties that we have, like the Cycot 71, which went into Cycot 71BR, which went into Cycot 71BRF, and it's a family. And that was iterations of that family. This is actually new germplasm. So, and as a credit to the CSIRO breeders in regards to this, but they have a program which is just straight conventional, so there's no GMOs in this at all. Yep. And that's where they try and really concentrate on the, the improvements in yield improvements in fibre quality and the improvements in disease tolerances as well as other um, host plant resistant traits as well and that's how we get our genetic improvement and that's how and that's really the the engine that drives that breeding program and that's where we get our yield improvements year on year that we we become so accustomed to and you know pretty much demanding so that you know that breeding program pretty much goes you know seven eight years program and we select the best performance out of that that program and, and put it into our um, transgenic breeding programs. So, and then it goes through another seven, eight years in that. So we're, we're talking some of these varieties, uh, you know, up to 15 to 16 years in the making in regards to when they were first crossed back, you know, 15 or so years ago, yeah. so they become a commercial or not even a commercial variety. They're a candidate line at the moment. Yeah. So, but, you know, when we talk about extend flex, that's only talking about a few genes. I like to always say that we are always talking about the 50 or 60,000 that actually do the work. Um, out there and generate the yield for us.
0: That's right, yeah. The, the the sort of GM traits are only, you know, they're basically a needle in a haystack compared to the rest of the work that goes on throughout that breeding program. And like you said, it is a credit to to the guys at CR, CSIRO. It's a lot of work. Um, hopefully in the near future, I'm going to nail down Warwick Stiller for a podcast on the breeding program, but he must be the hardest man in the cotton industry to nail down, but we'll get him one day. But we'll keep stepping through these these candidate lines, mate. So... The next one we'll go through is um, CSX four one double three B three XF.
1: So yeah, it's a most similar to Cycot seven four eight B three F in its performance so far, and really it's a full season of variety has normal leaf. Um, and when we get to the last variety on your list, you'll understand why I'm calling it normal leaf. Yeah. Um, but he's low density, but it does have a broad adaptation across the whole of the industry, and it seems to be going okay. You know, its performance is, is is on par with with seven four eight and seven four six, cyclot 746, p three f. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good quality variety that, that I think it's going to be um, one of those things that people may find that it works well on their farm.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know in um, my extend flex trial I had last the previous season, um, the 21-22 season out at St George, that variety performed really really well. And you know, it, it's it's seven four eight is a pretty typical variety to be. Growing out there in the West, you know, they manage it really well and it performs really well for them. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one, mate. It, it, it is probably the most similar to 748. And I guess another thing I'll probably note for that one is it's looking at disease ranks. These numbers, I guess, are only sort of initial numbers, but it looks like it's got a pretty good fusarium tolerance as it stands at the moment, which will be a real benefit for those guys sort of out West that do get a little bit of fusarium and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think you'll find though, in majority of the case of these new candidate lines is that the, the disease tolerances have all gone up, which is just a fantastic result.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%, mate. So, so Quinny, we'll move down to CXX5438, the next variety.
1: Similar to the, the previous one, Angus, this one I think it's a fairly good variety. It seems to have a, a longer fibre length than than some of the others as well. It seems to be a, not a cool season of variety, though, and the the, um, the lower micronaire is something that we need to make sure we, we manage in this one. So we're, we're, we're pitching this one for the Macquarie North, so we yep. those warmer climates within that, um, to make sure that we get, you know, full fibre maturity and, and keep that micronaire in that range. It's performing well. We had a, a block of it on the CSD farms this year that really surprised me. Yielded exceptionally well. Uh, looked like a billiard table at the end of the season. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've had a very, very good year this year on the farm.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And, yeah, I guess from some of Warwick Stiller's initial data, it looks like it's it's fibre package, like you said. Um, the mark air might be a thing for, to watch out for, but the length looks fantastic on that variety to, as well.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it seems to have gone pretty well also in, in dry land. It hasn't shown yield improvement of the, the first, the CSX 1049, but, you know, if people are concerned about length in that environment, that this might be an option for them as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And now, mate, the next and the last of the normal leaf varieties, like you said, um, that were normal leaf lines that we're looking at for the coming season. So CSX 3141 B3XF.
1: Yeah, so once again, this is new germ pleasant. Um And this one's really exciting in regards to its yield performance in irrigated conditions. As you said, it's a normal leaf. It does have um, low density in regards to its seed size, but encouragingly, too, this one is resistant to cotton bungee top. So this is something that first raised its head in the industry back in 1988, um, which was a similar year to not last year but the year before where it was really, really wet, and we saw it again uh, two years ago within that, but now we're starting, and it's a credit to the breeders that it's taken them that long to introduce a resistance to that uh, disease. That's exciting for us. Um, it's something that's coming out of the CSIRO breeding program and it's something that we'll we see, you know, another thing we just don't have to worry about into the future yeah. is taking care of in the variety. This has a broad ap- adaptation and, and this one's really seemed to have performed extremely well um, in our trials so far this season, but also in seed increase crops where we had quite a fair bit of it. It's performed ex- exceptionally well and it looks like to be a you know fairly well broadly adaptive variety that's going to yield very very well. It also seems you know for those that may have been affected by verticillium, it seems to be so far. we have still got to run a lot of the numbers and do a bit of the science on it, but it seems to be that it's got a better uh, verticillium tolerance than anything we've got on the on the market at the moment as well. So that's going to be a, a bit of a boost for that um, disease as well, or the management of that disease as well, Angus.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's um this variety looks like it's got the whole package as well, um right across the board, which is fantastic. And the cotton bunchy top too is a, a really good thing. Um, I know since my time joining the cotton industry in two thousand and nine, start of two thousand and nineteen, you know I hadn't seen any cotton bunchy top before. But the previous season gone, it it sort of reared its head. So I think going into next season and possibly the following season, you know it it could be around, and and that's a real benefit with having that variety there. And so we'll move on to the last line that we're, we're sort of trialling and looking at at the moment. It's one that you've been, you know, riding home is the the new Ochre Leaf variety, CSX 4389B3XF.
1: Yeah, so this is one that's been of interest to me for, for a number of years. Obviously, I get to see a bit of these varieties before everyone else um, and it's one of the ones that really impressed me early on and I've been watching it develop or come through the program over the last four years and it, it really is impressing me in regards to the way it grows and, and its attributes. So yes it, it's definitely new germplasm um, it has the leaf which is something for the older people in the audience will remember quite lovingly the, the V15s, the V16s um, yep. that we used to grow many many moons ago and how good they performed um, but you know the host plant resistance of that is, is what it's going to keep. saying. So, you know, in regards to silverleaf leaf, silver whitefly management, mite management and the like, um, this is going to give us a little bit of a hand in that space with the aqua leaf. You know, in some regards, it also allows a little bit more light penetration deeper into the canopy, um, which is also a good thing as well, especially in some of the more humid environments. It's low density. This is also got cotton bunchy top resistance, um, which is a great thing. Yep. Um, but for me, this variety has yielded very, very well in irrigated situations. Very, very well. So we've you know taken it out of the nursery, put it into larger scale blocks on our farm. Uh, it has performed exceptionally well in the last two seasons uh, in large scale plots. So we had about 50 hectares this year by a seed increase. That was the, the total seed increase. We had a little bit less than that the year before. Yep. Yeah, it is really, really impressive. me. It's really just put fruit on. And, you know, that's basically its job and that's what it's done and it's been fantastic.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, I know you it, had a, a little stretch down at the farm between two fields of this Oc leaf variety that you were calling the bank manager's drive, so. Yeah, because, it,
1: you know, it does look, it looks really good too. So, yeah,
0: So, you know, yep. uh, as well. No, definitely. And, mate, we'll move into the sort of next question I've got here is, it, you know, you compared a lot of those lines back to some of the current Bolgard 3 varieties that we currently have in the market at the moment, so... I guess, how are these varieties, um, if at all, different, you know, to our current varieties?
1: It, it's all in the, the the tangible thing. So, like, I, I know they're better in yield, Angus. Yep. I know, I've seen the data, I've grown them. I know they're better in the yield. But there's also improvement in fibre quality, and there's also, you know, improvements in the Verticillium ranking, and in, in some cases, the Fusarium ranking as well. So... You know, the the three things that I'm looking for in regards to when I select a variety is its yield potential, how what's its fiber quality gonna be like, and, and does it have the disease resistances or, or tolerances that I that I like? And they are better. That's the differences. When you look at growing them, and you know, I've had a bit of experience with growing these crops now. Yeah, um, there isn't a great deal of difference. If you know if you can grow cycot 746 B3F or Cycot 748 B3F, you're gonna have no drug. No trouble growing these at all. Um,
0: yeah, yep.
1: There's, there's there's no difference. You know, it's it's a cotton plant, and you manage it as you would a cotton plant. And we don't. You know, for me, the exciting part is is that the yield, fiber quality, and disease package are definitely something that's an improvement.
0: Yep, yeah, and I, I guess something that backs that that sort of statement up is, you know, we've had these lines in variety trials that have been, you know, in those fields are managed to, you know, the Bolgard three equivalent. Um, variety in that trial so say a 748 or a 746 and you know with the same management um, these you know in a lot of these trials these lines have out yielded those Bolgard three varieties so I think that backs that up. I guess something that uh, a lot of you know consultants and growers out there might you know ask the question of um, particularly with agronomic management is is picks management Quinny do you just want to you know touch on that a little bit?
1: Yeah thanks Angus the management of growth within these varieties, I don't think it's going to be any different from the management that we have already in place in regards to the management of the, the current suite of varieties that, that, that we have on offer. My thinking in regards to the management fix has changed over the years and it, it's more around management, the field as a as a unit, not the variety. As we know, with the, the varieties that we do have, we can get uh, quite excessive growth. Um, in northern Australia, we can get it to grow two metres tall, whereas in southern New South Wales, it only grows 80 centimetres tall, so yeah. um, it's all about managing that that field um, because. And I don't see any difference in regards to the extend flex candidate lines here in their management. Uh, you know that management up until that flowering period, I think, is very crucial. If it needs a tap on the head, then let's monitor it, make sure that we give it a tap on the head, so that we don't get excessive growth within that. But if we're not monitoring it. Then we're not going to know um, what's going on. It's going to be too late if it's already the horse is already bolted there. So yep. yeah, yeah, I, I only stress that I don't see there's going to be any real management difficulties with these varieties, but just we just need to make sure that we keep on top of it and make sure that we are monitoring what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you said, just like any other variety we've got now. Um, yep. hundred percent. So okay, before we. Um, wrap this up, Quinny. We'll just touch on I guess the change over to ExtendFlex over, over the coming seasons. What what do you envisage that all look like?
1: Well, well, currently we're on a, um, a 50,000 hectare cap um, due to APBMA restrictions. Yep. Um, once that is lifted and they get comfortable with the application of the, the chemistry for this variety, the Australian market's always driven by yield and if we can produce a variety that has better yield, potential, then uh, the market adopts it very quickly. We saw that with Bulgard 3, um, and that roll over that, we went from about 5% of the area to 85% of the area in a year. I've got great confidence in these varieties that they yield. Well, I know they yield. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a question, it, it's a statement. I can see this being a similar thing to, to Bulgard 3, where growers will want to utilise this new candidate lines or the whatever varieties we want to call them at the end of the day, because they're going to yield more. We put on top of that other aspects like resistance to cotton bungee top, better ciliary tolerance, better fusarium tolerances or resistance, and also improved fibre quality. Uh, for me, I can, I can see the industry really trying to adopt these very, very quickly because they are better.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, over the past couple of years, yeah, we're definitely driven by yield, but these, so these disease tolerances and fiber quality of these varieties are only becoming more and more important so i'm you know me particularly i'm pretty excited for the release of these new varieties i think this is the sort of the biggest thing to come to the cotton industry since i joined in 2019 um it's the first variety changeover i've seen and yeah i'm really really excited about this and yeah i've got no doubt that these varieties are going to perform well for these grow for the growers out there so but thank you for joining me today and running us through that mate much appreciated look forward to the coming season with these new varieties thanks
1: thanks thanks for your time